I don't care because like at the end of the day, I can hold my head high and know that I gave the right advice because that's our whole thing, right? It's like it's real estate advice you can trust. Um, so we're on Fairlawn right now. Uh, this is one of the probably most popular streets in the neighborhood, yeah. which is also one of the busiest streets in the neighborhood, which is ironic. Oh, uh, and they're going to pay, th- you know, to get something even quasi-decent in here from a rent standpoint, you're looking uh, minimum is going to be between um, forty-five dollars to $5,500 a month. Just... In this episode of Estates, Entrepreneurs, and Expressos, I sit down with the one and only Mark Arnstein, infamous in North Toronto for being a specialist at luxury real estate and an absolute craftsman at what he does. He takes me to one of the most beautiful bakeries I have ever seen in my life. We sit down, we talk about what it means to truly be a great real estate agent. He shares insights into pricing strategy. He shares insights into marketing. And then he drives us around and gives us real perspective as to value in North Toronto. Enjoy the episode. Make sure you leave us a rating and review on our podcast either on apple or spotify once a month we will pull a winner and we will send you a gift big shout out to leo grant for winning last month's draw we sent him the book choose your enemies wisely and we hope it helps him build his business thanks again for being part of the prime nation and enjoy the show yeah it's it's a vibrant city like it's alive right now too with the weather yeah this is a beautiful setup back here yeah so here i'll give you the grand tour so this is so this is my space here for me right like this is like so we initially, I was going to put a full thing up, but then um, the problem, the way I have the, the AC or heat in here, yeah. it, uh, if I put it up to the ceiling, because all the way at the back, it wouldn't come, oh, up, to, it wouldn't so come up to the front. There's no plan. Yeah. So, so did you guys redo like... No, the only thing we did, ironic, she had the blue in here by fluke, okay. so, which was great. So, so it worked out and I'm like, oh my God, it's my blue. Like, that's perfect. Yeah, it's actually really nice. So then we just had the stickers made and then uh, I um, was able to take all the furniture mostly from our old office and bring it here. So I didn't have to really... Who did your logo? Uh, my graphic designer. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really neat. And then, uh, so this is like we our boardroom back here. We do our, our meetings back here. Uh, Where you go, whiteboard know, session. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's it. Awesome. Thank you for the sign. The coffee shop we're going to is uh, actually a client of mine. Okay. Uh, and it's like, he's uh, Persian, but uh, he's opened a, a French um, co- uh, like style coffee shop. So it's like uh, amazing, like uh, all fresh baking on site, croissants. That's awesome. Something we're going to do. Okay, so you... How far are you from Jazz's office here? Uh, not that far. His office is uh, shop, shops in Don Mills. So yeah. from here to there, because of the traffic, Welcome to Toronto. Uh, <laughs> if there was no traffic, it'd be like not even 10 minutes, but yeah. because of the traffic and kind of how, to, how you have to get there, it's probably like 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And they are very, like each area has its own kind of vibe and yeah, feel, right? totally. Like you can go um, like 10 minutes south of here and it changes completely. Wow. There's something to be said about like the character of these areas though and like, the shops and the owners and like like you said right like you do have locally owned well-run places in neighborhoods like this yeah i mean people joke they call it pleasantville um mm-hmm. but people buy into the neighborhood yeah. because of the fact that you have some of the top ranked schools in the city you oh. got super easy subway access because it's just right down the street yeah. you got on the young line and um and just ha- like you know like good vibe right yeah. so it's really like set up for that and like people typically what happens is they'll buy in 
and then they'll just work their way up the ladder. So they'll start with like, you know, the little like two story square plan, then go up to like our semi and then go into the detached and then go into like the renovated detached and then eventually get into the new build detached. And like, cause once they get in, they don't want to leave. And you're saying there's different pockets of neighborhoods that are worth different amounts, obviously, right? Like, you can- well, yeah, so it's weird. Cause if you go like on that, on the east side of Young Street, it's a different school zone. Okay. Um, it changes like Bedford Park School, and and it's a little bit more of a mishmash of style of properties, uh, like from semis and detached and older and newer builds. Where if you're on this side of Young Street, west of Young, to Avenue Road, you're in John Walmus, which is what is like the one that has like the big reputation, the big cachet is okay. why people buy into the neighborhood. Um, but then it's really messed up too because even if you come in on this side of Young and you're in like the first almost like quarter of a block, uh, you're actually in Bedford Park school zone, not the uh, John Wanless school zone. So again, wow. I always laugh when you get like out of area agents come in and then yeah. they, they don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. And you know, and it's like, they, like sure, yeah, you're on yeah, the right side of the street, yeah, you're by like, the school zone and it's a like, firm deal. You're like, it's done. no. That's a sicko stuff. Yeah. Really nice red brick and they did nice stucco. So they're doing infill too, right? Oh, tons yeah. of infill. But the problem with our infill work is it's, it's coming almost to a standstill. Okay. Um, because what's happened now is with HST and the government cracking down on it so much, and then you combine the fact that now you know Toronto has two land transfer taxes. You have the provincial and the city of Toronto. Yeah. Your DC, like you just to develop a property, it's you're you're yeah. twenty you're twenty percent in the hole before you even put a shovel in the ground. I, I've heard twenty to thirty three percent of every dollar of every new home is essentially regulatory capture, just to get the signature on the paper of saying, sure, you can go build something. And yeah. people wonder why the prices are what they are. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we're on Fairlawn right now. Uh, this is one of the probably most popular streets in the neighborhood. Yeah. Which also one of the busiest streets in the neighborhood, which is ironic, uh, from a car flow standpoint because you have traffic lights at each end of the street yeah you can uh, see it. um but the lots are all super deep but there are a lot of them are really narrow like they're anywhere from 20 17 feet wide yeah. to 20 25 feet wide uh you come here on halloween night it is a zoo zoo and a half like a zoo is like an, even an understatement it's like complete utter like mayhem so and this is john wallace this is the school that everybody like you know um wants to be involved in uh, it's just, you know, it's really heavily funded. The parent committee does a crazy job of raising money for it. They have two massive fairs every year that yep. just do unbelievable. So, wow. It's a beautiful school, Red Brick. It's, yeah, the yeah. architecture is really nice too. And it carries through with a lot of the houses. Like, you can really tell they take care of their properties too. Like, you look at the roofs, the eaves. These are these places are spectacular. Yeah, so this is like the whole thing like where everything's yeah. transitioning from like the new infill work into. Yeah. Um, but like again, like you know, like it's getting harder and harder for these guys to do it, and the demand for it is through the roof because yeah. for like you know Joe Schmo who's coming out of like you know like one like that house right says oh I want to build a brand new house yeah. I want something bigger. The problem is it takes them let's say like you know six months to a year to find a lot. Then they gotta go another year to get through the city, get through all your approvals and uh, yeah. committee process, because the if you went straight off what they allow you to build, it's nowhere near what you need to maximize. It's unfeasible. It's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and so then they gotta move. They gotta go into a rental, mm-hmm. and they're gonna pay. You know, to get something even quasi decent in here from a rent standpoint, you're looking uh, minimum is gonna be between. Um, Forty-five to fifty-five hundred dollars a month, just 
uh, wow. to rent like a basic, you know, small little house. That's wild. Yeah, and I'll get around that garbage truck in a yeah. second here. <laughs> no um, and then you're looking at another almost a uh, year and a half from a uh, construction standpoint. Yeah. So and that's if the trades are on time. Time. Too, right? Yeah. And like, you know, and not taking into account, like obviously your overflows and upgrades and everything else that you get hit with. Right. Nice, so uh, nice condo building. Here yeah. So this is Avenue Road. So this is, this strip is actually going through a quite a big transformation. Mm -hmm. uh, there's been a lot of assemblies done on the blocks where they're putting in like, um, that that. yeah, brand new condos. So exactly that to that. Um, but there's a really nice mix. Hey, there's Mark. Yeah, there you go. There's your real board. That's one of three. Um, but there's like a real big um, like transition from um, like here as far as like the commercial line here is actually really good. Um, it's gotten a lot better over the years from my, especially from when I first moved in here. Sure. Well, like, we used to be here. Oh, just really like gross. Yeah. Like, and now it's getting better and better and better and more like higher end stuff. So, which is actually uh, quite fitness nice. studio there too. Yeah. Some nice. Actually, yeah. Let's go right here. Cool. Surprise guest number three, Mr. Mark Arnstein, longtime friend through the Surahan program, and we are shooting some content. Nico's just setting up. This will be a good one as well. So make sure you give him a follow. We just need coffee, so I'll just do an americano, black, black. and then whatever he wants. Uh, I'll, I'll do mine though, but with uh, almond milk, please. Yeah. That is all. No, because at the end of the day, real estate's an emotional purchase, right? So you're pulling it at your heartstrings. So, and there's only so much information AI can give you, but AI can't take into account where market's going like 100 miles an hour. And it's not gonna, it's like, it's like house sigma. House sigma says a house should be this price, but house sigma doesn't take into account, you know, all of a sudden that that one buyer has lost out on three other houses. And all of a sudden it's like, fuck it, I'm going through the, I'm going guns a blaze, I'm gonna get this house no matter what. And all of a sudden you lost it because you listened to House Sigma. It's, you know, and, I, and I've seen it actually happen live. With oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I know, I mean, it's happened to us over the last couple of years where people yeah. can come to us with the House Sigma printed out as if they're like, here's what it should be worth, right? And it's good that they have the sale data. Yeah. There's a big difference in between the interpretation of say, like even just driving here from your office, yeah. knowing the streets, the blocks, the school zone, yeah. people that have bought commercial properties, what it used to be, where it's heading, even knowing where it's heading will impact what that property you're buying now is going to be worth in three to five years. Oh, for sure. AI to me is no different than when the tractor came to agriculture or before you maybe had 40 people working a farm and the tractor came and sure 30 people all of a sudden didn't have a job anymore, right. but the people didn't just become unemployed they were able to go fulfill other roles in the community that needed to be filled right. that were lacking. So like the free market economy with an outputs by AI where, yeah. for example, when Nico does these videos that we turn it into cuts with a short form, that's something that would have taken him previously probably six hours to do. Yeah. He can do it now in the span of 10 minutes with Opus Clip. And right. all of a sudden have transcribed with captions that we can pose that is the exact clips that will lead you to watch this entire episode. Right. right. So. Now I can take his six hours and we can put out a better piece of content, spend more time talking to the owners of the business, like feeling the soul of the human yeah. by using the tools. But I think where people are gonna fail is they're gonna become low. Right, it's the tools. Absolutely. Instead of learning to use the yeah. tool. Right, so there's a house uh, that came up for sale. This was uh, back in, towards the end of September. And they listed it, first of all, on a Friday. So yeah. who the hell listed a house on a Friday? I have no idea. Yeah. 20% uh, visibility at best. Yeah. And then not only that, they listed it on the Friday going into, uh, no, Rosh Hashanah Eve. Uh, so, okay, now, 
there are a lot of Jewish people that live in this neighborhood, yeah. right? A lot of Jewish realtors that work in this neighborhood. Sure. So now you just wipe all of them off of Facebook because they're not going to die. I'm not touching that. I'm like, like, like it's like, it's like basically listing a property on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Right. I get, so I make a comparison to what we do in our business, right? Because what he talks about in terms of like service, you think of like, so I'm making a comparison of this business to our business because I'm in real estate, like Mark back home. You have Amazon that comes in, everything cheap for a dollar, right? Ship it to your house in a box this big. But the car is $3. How do they make money? They make money on the whole thing. Right. Eventually, there's going to be two types of real estate agents. I'd say 60 to 70% of the agents that have no value, that don't do anything but set up a portal, you find your own house, they don't, they give you a boilerplate contract. They're going to go work at a factory and Amazon's going to pay them 1% because Amazon will just come into the real estate game and buy Berkshire Hathaway or something. Yes. Then there's going to be somebody that's an artist at what they do, like you, in the real estate space that people will go to because of the market expertise, the connections. They know the houses, the streets, the blocks. They know what's happening three years down the road. That's the separation. So the companies like Ace will exist and the agents that provide no value will exist. And there'll be people that see value and pay for it. And there'll be people that don't, right? That's just the same thing. There's Rebab, which is a real estate business brokers act is now being changed to call trust of us. Yeah. So there's going to be a rule implemented that I can't give you advice on a listing unless you're my client, which means you have to sign a client agreement before I tell you what your house is worth technically. So they're trying to make it more professional. So will it, will it actually, well, so, so this all exists in BC. Yeah. So yeah. So BC, so BC. So if you call me in to evaluate your house, I can talk to you about what I do from a marketing standpoint. I can't talk to you about, about pricing and value until you agree to work with me. If you, even if you don't want to hire me, you decide to go hire somebody else. I am now actually cannot show you, no longer show your house. I'm bringing a client to your house if I have someone who wants to buy it. Uh, because I have too much, which I have too much. Yeah, he's telling me that. He's like, he's Parisian, so I'll be careful with my friends. He thinks, he thinks he speaks French. Right, so it's okay. I know. <laughs> I get that. I went, so I, when I went to Paris for my honeymoon, I told my wife, don't tell anybody I speak French. If they find out I'm Quebecois, it's a problem. Oh, yeah. But I'll understand everything they're saying. <laughs> yeah, so it's fair. You can't, like, you can't even bet yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a crazy concept. I, I, I just don't know how they're going to regulate it, So which is going to be like the... Yeah. But I landed the listing. So that, the good thing about the listing employment I went to, yeah. and I've always kind of done that where I tell them I'm non-committal. I'm like, here's your range. I'm not going to tell you what we're listing at until yeah. the day we list because right. things could change between now and then. I say that too. I said like this is like I'm saying this today, but like time ago, like I go to market, it can go up, it can go down. Like it's like a stop, right? Like a, versus what do you want to say? Yeah, tell you whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Which is is yeah. so, so let me finish the story because um, it's a good story about talking about not knowing your market and sure an out of area agents come in and do shit. So actually, out of area listing agent. It's um so it's an older infill from like twenty probably maybe twenty five twenty seven year old house right, um twenty five by one fifty prime spot on the street uh you know built in garage like you know it just needs a massive right it's gonna need a massive renovation. She lists it for one nine one eight nine nine holding back for offers. Said sellers willing to consider a preemptive offer so they you know, an offer in advance, and so an agent who is not Jewish, uh, went, you know what? Tells, I'm sure told his client, look, we're gonna jump all over this because it's an out of area agent and we're going to offer and uh, we're gonna get it tonight. 
And exactly what happened. But they only sold it for $100,000 over the asking price. What shit is sold? What? What shit is It should have sold, sold for sold for $2 million, yeah. And it should have sold for like two two to two three. Wow. So that seller left like two three hundred grand. Then on the table, because they hired the wrong agent who doesn't know the area and didn't know the, uh, what was going on in the market. Let's just hold offers and see what we get. And then they get that nervous feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have this offer, but nothing else shows up after, right? Like that, that insecurity can lead to an absolute disaster. Well, but like it was like, but it was set up for disaster from day one because like you listed on a Friday, you listed on a Friday of going into a massive Jewish holiday when there's a ton of Jewish people working in the neighborhood. And I, and I was like, who's your buyer pool for it, right? Yeah, and it's like, I had clients who wanted to buy it or wanted to go see it. And and uh, they were like, no, it's your holiday. Like, we're not going to bother you. And it was like, but like it happened so bad. No one had a chance to even react to it. And I, I just wrote back, I said, just congratulations, but just so you know, you undersold that house by at least two to three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like congratulations. Yeah. It's wild. So like we see stuff like that, Graham. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Like certain areas, so like yeah. especially seasonality. Like a lot of parents will be visiting their kids in London and going home, depending on when the kids are in school. Then super seasonal. I've seen stuff listed completely on the wrong weekends, like a week before it's about to pop. Yeah. Where it easily would have got a lot more attention. No, and it is, and like, you know, and then, you know, the other issue we have here is like, uh, you know, one of my biggest competitors yep. is a guy who massively discounts commission. That's because it's all about volume. It's just like having as many signs on the lot as you possibly can to get the phone calls, right? So like, and they, you know, like is it, they, we were in competition on the house. Um, and the seller was like very proud of what he had built. And then, like, you know, it was like, but again, the house was like 23, 24 years old. So it needed a good reno. And so he asked me about, do I paint the kitchen white? I said, we could, but it's not going to, like, I'm not going to tell you to do something unless there's like a return on the investment, right? There's got to be an ROI to it. And the thing is, if you paint the kitchen white, which is very trendy for whatever it is you work today, the problem is you still have the rest of the house that needs to be updated as well. Do it all do it, exactly. Yeah. So then you start. That, yeah, you, so you start something, but it, you're not finished. Like you're only a partially way done, so it doesn't make any sense. 100%. You're better off being priced effectively. I leave 250 for them to do their rentals. Well, at the place we just clipped, we yeah. had the same thing. We were going to do, we quoted everything, Yeah, and it was 188 grand. Yeah. And then we looked at like, flooring and paint is all it needs. Right. Let's create a canvas. Whoever's going to come in here, they're going to need bathroom and kitchen how they want. Like, right. Leave that money for them to actually do it. Just price it right. Yeah. No, is that. And anyways, and so then like, you know, and he had it on the market before with another agent. And like, you know, I said, when he had it on before, did you guys get offers? And they said, yeah, we had offers that were in the, uh, yeah, I think it was like in the mid upper, mid, mid two, eight range. And I was like, okay, well, unfortunately, you know, like that's ship of sales. So let's kind of move on from there. But I said like, you know, I said, like, you know, you probably be, you need to be listed right now because the market's starting to change. Like, you know, in the, you know, low 28839. And they were like, oh, no, that's crazy. That's great. You're, you're great. Yeah, I didn't get the listing. They went with the cheapo guy. Yeah, they listed at that? They, they, no, they listed it at 292.999 and they sold it for 2.7. And they haven't paid the kitchen weight. Yeah. Wow while yeah. yeah you know it's just like and you know i said like i don't care because like at the end of the day i can hold my head high and know that i gave the right advice because that's our whole thing right it's like it's real estate advice you can trust yeah like you know we're trying to say like we're, we're going to give you the right advice whether or not you decide to do anything with it that's up to that's you true. right but i'm going to tell you that i know i can walk out of that meeting know that i gave you 100 percent unequivocally the right advice yeah
right? Like I was on the show last night with clients, same thing. And I'd like, cause they said like, you like that house, but we want to sell for, I like guys, it's the middle of November, yeah. right? The house is not going anywhere. And if you're not gonna, and like you need to sell first, right? And you want to, you want to, you want to capitalize get as much money as you possibly can. I said, let's wait, put the house on in the new year when there's more, gonna be more eyeballs on it. You can get organized over the holidays, get everything done. You're not rushing because you literally have three or four weeks. Yeah. To fix. You, you have like in this in Toronto, you got like two and a half, three at best. Yeah. And it's going to take a week to get the house ready. Plus uh, another five days between photo shoots, video, everything else and getting everything back from production. So to get like, put it on and people will start checking out for Christmas holidays. Exactly. Like beginning of December, right? Yeah. It's okay to have it in your pocket and do an exclusive one and start working towards that. But yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So and they're awesome. Yeah. And so like, they're like, oh my God. And I said, look, and the house you guys want is not built very well. Yeah. So I said, let's bring one of my guys back who's an expert in modern construction who, and then figure out how much it's going to cost to fix the issues in the house. Cause the builder somehow did it with no warranty. Like there's no, he's not registered warranty builder. And I said, and then we can go back and say, like, here's how we're going to negotiate the house out. We're going to say it's going to cost this much money to fix the issues. We're going to duck that off the purchase price. And then, uh, and then we'll go from there. They're like, get creative. Yeah. Yeah. Ideal. So Amanda was showing it today. And that's it. And that's what AI will not be able to do. For sure. You write a piece of puzzles together. Yeah. A guy that called us. He had a lakefront property. Really cool. Um, I got connected with another referral guy out of Kitchener and looking for a place for David the kids, quick access to beach, really close to Kitchener. And I went preview the place, shot a quick video, sent it to the one guy, gave him context. Some erosion issues I'm concerned about, but I know what the solution looks like. Yeah. And we were coming down to the summit this weekend. Amanda showed it to this morning, list of questions. And all of a sudden we're creating a deal where that there wasn't a deal because the guy really wasn't going to list it, but it's kind of that host that this guy wants. I know the one guy that could fix the erosion yeah. issue or at least comment on it. Right. And we're literally just putting puzzle pieces together. Totally. People can make whatever decisions they want. Yeah. Sometimes they buy the house. Sometimes they don't. No. And then it's like the guys that I was talking about who lost the house uh, last yesterday. I have a call with them tonight. I'm going to mention the other house I just mentioned and see if that would be a fit for them. Uh, hopefully maybe put, no, no, put that together. And then there you go. Match me. Right. Yeah. I mean, like we, we end up doing like, because of working the neighborhood, like I, we do so much that goes on off market just because of knowing people's situation where who's moving, what, where's who's going, where, and now, especially because there's so many people that need to sell. So like, if you have somebody that's going to buy that specific house, the girl that's going to, that showed our flip this week has a place that one of my other clients potentially wants. So yeah, well, technically if my client buys that and then they buy the one that I just put on the market, everybody's hot. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, and that's like, that's what you get from the guys who are like engaged active in the market and know their stuff inside out and know what's going on where like you know like the, like the 75,000 agents whatever they're licensed here half don't even sell a house a year right and then the next jump like you know maybe do max two deals a year. I think it was average if you per capita Ever. across everybody's like three deals a year per agent but there's some agents that do hundreds of deals a year and others that do not well no and like even like this year I think it's going to be the, the first year yeah. where there's going to be less transactions than agents on the board. So figure that one out, right? You know, uh, surprising. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, we, <laughs> this is actually a funny story. So house we sold, the agent went back like four times their clients before they bought the offer in, which whatever, it's fine. Anyway, so we're going through the negotiations and uh, we get the deal accepted. And I'm like, something 
is off. Like this is not an experienced agent. I just like it is something like just the way like too many questions like they have, like you know they're just so basic that you know if you knew what you were doing you would know the answers to the questions kind of thing. Anyways, we get to inspection and they found there's some mold in the attic. Not a big deal. Get it remediated like twenty five hundred bucks. All good. So she's like, we're going to do an amendment. I said, no problem. So like the seller will get it done prior to closing and not, not asking for money off the price. Just like, yeah, just acknowledge, good. just acknowledge. Right. So, and then she comes back she said, I have to check with the lawyer. I'm like, why? Why? Cause she's like, well, just, you know, my clients want me to get my healthy fine. So she comes back with the amendment and it has about an asbestos clause in there. And I'm like, why is the asbestos clause in here? And she's like, well, the lawyer told me to put it in. I'm like, but it has nothing to do with the deal. I'm like, oh, I go, I go, that was not any, no. I said, we discussed that. We discussed it. And I said, I'm, on top of it, you're asking me to warranty it. Right. Like a representation on a home. You haven't opened up the wall. I, said, said, yeah, I go, no chance. Not going to. Yeah. I said, that, that's not happening. I said, like, if you, and, you know, I said, like, you know, take it out or we don't do, have a deal. Right. It's just, that, it's just that simple. And I said, and uh, by the way, you need to put your conditions on a notice of fulfillment, not on the amendment. Because yeah. now you wipe them out of the deal completely. She's like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, but anyways, so I, she kept pushing about having the asbestos thing. And I'm like, I'm telling you right now, take it out or we have no deal. Like I, I wasn't like being harsh about it. I was I'd being, being backed, right? I'm not your punching bag. Stop talking to me like that. You can't. Bend. I'm like, whoa. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and I'm like, and then I found out from like our one of our managers, like she's only done two transactions. Oh, it's just ultra sensitive. She's, yeah, she has, and she's at a, you know, a brokerage where they get no training, no help, no support. And, so and that's, and, yeah, and that's what you get, right? Tell her to so, come down here, order a baguette, everything will be okay. Exactly. And get two. Get two and then buy a dessert and pay $5 for the baguette. Yeah. That's the key. That's the key. (laughs) Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Estates Entrepreneurs and Expressos. It was inspired by comedians in cars drinking coffee. So if you want to see the full visual episode, make sure you check us out on YouTube. If you watch this on YouTube, make sure you head over to Apple, Spotify, and all podcasting platforms to check out the Prime People podcast. We drop them every single Friday morning and we've had incredible guests on like Ryan Serhan, Scott McGilvery, and so many more. Also, make sure you leave us a rating review once a month. We pull a winner from the Prime Nation and we send you a personalized gift. Again, last month's winner was Leo Grant. Big shout out to Leo. He's being a big supporter of the Prime Nation. We also have an exclusive coming up event coming up in March. And if you're part of the Prime Nation and you're on my newsletter, you will get an invite for that in-person event. We are shooting two episodes of the Prime People podcast at an epic $2.8 million property. So if you want that invite, go to justinconico.com slash resources and make sure you sign up for our newsletter. That's where we will be sending the invites. Looking forward to that event and meeting all of you in person. And thanks again for joining us for this episode. Make sure to leave a comment and let us know what you thought of it or any future guests that you think would be great on the show.